Hello and welcome to Tailored to Perfection. My name is Dave and I'm here in Taylor School in Oviedo in Spain. This is a program to help you learn English and today we're talking about Star Wars and Star Trek. Okay, so it's sci-fi or space adventures. If you're not interested in Star Wars or Star Trek, please find another podcast to listen to. We have podcasts about all types of different topics, about grammar, about the Cambridge exams, about all sorts of different conversation topics like technology and money. You can find our podcasts on iVox or on any podcast app and at taylorschool.es stroke podcasts. On the program, I have special guest John Wyke and Admiral Stargazer. Admiral Stargazer has his own podcast that we'll talk about later. His podcast is in Spanish and it's all about Star Trek and all about different series and different programs and music and things like that. And it's very, very good. It's called Torpedo Rojo. Torpedo Rojo. In the program, we talk about comparing ideas, the language we need to compare ideas. We talk about Star Trek and Star Wars, obviously. And also, there is a quiz with questions about Star Wars and Star Trek. At the end of the program, I'm going to give you some vocabulary that we heard in the program. So what you can do, you can either skip to the last 10 minutes of the program where I'm talking about the vocabulary, or... You can listen to the program and then listen to the vocabulary at the end. I've chosen 10 or 12 of the most difficult words that John and the Admiral use, and I'll explain those words at the end. Okay, enjoy the program. Hello and welcome to this episode of Tailored to Perfection. It's been a long time since we've recorded an episode, but here we are again. And I have two expert guests to discuss Star Wars and Star Trek. They are communicating with us from the furthest reaches of the galaxy. Speaking from Moss Eisley in the Star Wars planet of Tatooine, we have John Wyke. Hello, John. Hello. Hello from Moss Eisley. What's the, what's the weather like this time of year in, uh, in Tatooine? Well, surprisingly, it's very hot. <laughs> um, we have two suns, and both of them are in the sky at the moment. Okay. And it started hot, it's getting hotter, and it will continue to be hot. <laughs> Good. And joining us from the bridge of a Star Trek ship somewhere near the border of Romulan space, we have Almirante Stargazer, or in English, Admiral Stargazer. Hello, Admiral. Hello, Dave. I'm glad to be here. It's an honor for me. <laughs> I am in the Romulan border, and I don't know the weather. I don't know <laughs> anything about the weather. And However, we are under attack. 
But don't oh, worry no. because no, don't worry, don't worry because our shields are are working. They're well, 100 percent. They? <laughs> the seals. Okay, today we are asking one of the most important questions of the last 40 or 50 years. Which is better, Star Wars or Star Trek? We're going to talk about the two sagas. We're going to look at language for contrasting, for like comparing things, for talking about uh, contrasting information. And then we're going to have a quiz to see who knows more about Star Wars or Star Trek, the Admiral or John. Mm. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> so, okay, let's, uh, let's start. John, could you tell us something about Star Wars, just some basic information? Okay, well, you, you asked for a, a summary. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm just going to talk about the, the, the first three films, the original trilogy. The original trilogy follows Luke Skywalker on his journey from unfulfilled moisture farmer on the desert planet Tatooine to becoming a Jedi Knight and defeating the authoritarian Empire as part of the Rebel Alliance. It is a fun series of movies modelled on the old cinema serials like Flash Gordon. It's full of space battles, fights with laser swords called lightsabers, aliens, clones, telekinesis, and it's the battle between good and evil. It begins with the words, a long time ago, in a galaxy far away. The first film, originally called Star Wars, now called A New Hope, which I saw in the cinema age nine, introduces the characters. The good guys, along with Luke, are the rebel leader, Princess Leia, and her droids, C-3PO and R2-D2. Ben, Obi-Wan Kenobi, a hermit who turns out to be an old Jedi Knight and teaches Luke the ways of the Force, which is a kind of telekinesis. Han Solo, a smuggler, pilot of the Millennium Falcon spaceship, along with his partner Chewbacca, an alien called a Wookiee who's very tall and very hairy. The bad guy is Darth Vader, the Emperor's right-hand man, an imposing figure dressed in black who uses the dark side of the Force in the service of the Empire. Yeah. Not too bad. Very good. <laughs> Thanks very much. That was a challenge. So, yeah, thank you very much, John. Um, have you got anything to add, Admiral, about the Star Wars, the Star Wars um, saga? Yeah, well, it's rubbish. No, 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 I'm joking, I'm joking. No, uh, well, I think that John have chosen the, the easy way. But let me, the easy way, because he's, he's talking about the three first movies that are the best. Uh, maybe maybe later we can talk about the other six. Yeah. <laughs> but so, anyway. Eight? Let me, yeah. let me do a disclaimer here very fast because I know that this podcast is for people that try to improve their English level. So if you want to pass this horrible and abject exam in the School of Languages, you have to follow the two models here that are Dave and John, okay? I am <laughs> like, a, a, this is like a comedy, okay? But uh, <laughs> don't follow me no, at all. Admiral, anyway, Admiral's English is fantastic, so you can, you can yeah. take him as a model. And your English is fantastic, and English people is very polite. <laughs> no, no, we, we understand that non-native speakers 
shouldn't have to try and be native speakers. We're different. It's perfectly valid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I'm studying a, a grado in English to be English teacher. And it's true. Um, I mean, if you, if you speak a proper English and you don't have uh, grammatical mistakes, the accent is not very important. I think no. that the, the important thing is, is the message and, and, of course, the grammar. No? Anyway, um, talking about Star Wars, it's a very fun saga. Very, very, very fun. But Star Trek plays in another league for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's move on to Star Trek. Admiral, tell us about Star Trek. Okay. Mm, when I was a little boy, of course, I, I grew with both mm, sagas. And, of course, I had the Star Wars movie uh, recorded, and I watched the... Um, the battle in the Death Star over and over again. However, when I when I was I think eight years old, I was in in the night in the living room with my parents uh, in dinner time. Uh, we started watching Star Trek the movie Star Trek the motion picture, and my parents, well, in my family, nobody likes science fiction, and I was with my parents and my sister, and my parents checked the the movie. And they saw that no no one was naked and no one is having sex or things like that. And I was eight years old. So my parents went to bed and my sister a few minutes later. So I don't know if you, John, I don't know if you know the Star Trek movie, the first one. Yeah, yeah. It's not a good introduction to Star Trek, but, you know, it's it looks good. Yeah, well, For an eight-year-old, wow. <laughs> the point is, when uh, when I was in front of the TV and with my eight years old, I didn't understand anything, <laughs> anything. But um, I understood one thing, and the thing was that they were humans, and they were in the planet Earth, and the the threat was against the planet Earth, and. They were humans, and they were they are going to 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 save the planet. In Star Wars, I don't know who is these people. I don't know if they are humans. I don't know if they is in the past. I don't know if it's in the future. I think that they say something like in a galaxy very far, far, far away, and yeah. nothing more. So I didn't feel this connection with these people. And they talk about, well, not religion, but all this uh, Jedi stuff. So suddenly in Star Trek, I saw a utopia. Okay. And everything is perfect. And we are in the future. And as human beings, we are better than the human beings nowadays. That is awful. <laughs> Our society sometimes, <laughs> no? So... When I finished this movie, I I thought, okay, I have to to keep this this name in my mind, Star Trek. So I was checking all the time the newspapers, and I think that the second movie was started too, and, and I was very very happy. In that moment, I unconsciously I choose I, uh, Star Trek for forever and ever. <laughs> Good. So. This is one of the big differences there where 
Star Wars is a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And Star Trek is set in our, kind of in our reality, but uh, like 200 years or 300 years in the future. Uh, John, would you like to yep. comment about um, Star Trek? I kind of refuse to get into the which is better, because I really <laughs> like both. <laughs> However, if I had to choose one for the rest of my life, and I couldn't watch the other, I would choose Star Trek. Because, for me personally, my favourite kind of storytelling is science fictional. And Star Trek is science fiction. The original series, um, many of the episodes were written by established science fiction writers, such yeah. as Harlan Ellison. Um, and so they they had a, a more science fictional approach to storytelling, extrapolation, um, saying what if. Whereas Star Wars is much more of a fantasy. It's a space opera. It's it's huge and grand and fun, but it doesn't make any sense. Star Trek at least tried to make some sense. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, yeah, sometimes, and, and sometimes it, it, it really didn't. But um, they explored an awful lot of what-if questions. Um, mm. And so I, I really enjoyed Star Trek um, from, from the original series all the way through. I, I think... Um, the the original series tended to try and approach problems from um, exploration, communication, investigation, rather than just resorting to violence and fighting straight away. Mm. And I really liked that. As a kid, it was really, really um, impressive to see. Um, so it was, yeah, it made a big impact. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of um, Star Trek... Uh, well, the Star Trek in the past was more... It was a lot about space diplomacy. It was all about diplomacy, kind yeah. of. Um, ambassadors and peace treaties, like trying to bring peace between different planets or different species that are fighting and things like that. So, it, I mean, in a way, that kind of thing is a bit... It's not like action, or it's not like immediate action, whereas Star Wars is just... It's lots of action, kind of fantasy. Yeah, I, th I think Star Wars is. It, it has a lot of elements which are taken from Japanese and, and Oriental um, filmmaking and mythology, sort of with very stylized fighting, where where combat replaces some of the or, or communicates some of the characters' motivation and intentions. Um, but it's yeah, Star Trek is much more analytical in that sense, and and the idea that that you meet things that are new and you don't understand and the goal is to try and understand and communicate with new and very different things mm -hmm. um, that, that's a, a big difference I think another I mean maybe we should talk about all the all the different elements of the different sagas because with with Star Trek for example you've got a lot more content there are many many more hours of content than Star Wars, I think, because you've got the, I mean, it started as a series, so you got the original series and then some films and then uh, what was it? Then a cartoon series, the next, series, generation. The next yep. generation, a load of series around that time, 
after the next generation that was very successful. Next generation was was with um, Jean-Luc Picard, the captain, and what's his name, the actor? Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart, yeah, the actor, yeah. And uh, and then there were another few series, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, that's right. And now there's this these new ones. Those are Picard, Star Trek Picard, and then Discovery. And then there are new mm-hmm. things as well. There's a there's the oh, the cartoon series as well, Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. And then the there's some new ones that are going to come out now. Um, so there's Star a whole like, yeah Star Trek Star Trek Prodigy and what was it Strange New Worlds? Whoa, like Strange New World is the well, I have a lot of hype here with the Strange New Worlds and there is <laughs> another one called Star Trek Academy I think and who knows now yeah we are living now in the golden years of the Star Trek. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Or the years of saturation, maybe, possibly, <laughs> where there's just too much, too much Star Trek. Never but, is too um, much, Dave. <laughs> and then, so, yeah, so there's lots of content. Ah, and then there's the films as well. There's a whole yeah. bit, films going all the way back from, like, 19... The early 70s, I think, was the first 79, film. 79, wasn't it? Was it? 79, okay. And then all the way through to now, like, so they kind of started the film, the films again three times, really, with the, the next generation, with Picard with, as the captain, and then uh, these new films um, that are... There, there is a difference, though, with the new films, the Joss Whedon films. They are reboots, which is a good bit for the vocabulary later on. Reboots, yeah. Yep. So they started again. And it's kind yes. of a different universe, isn't it? So it's kind of it is Star Trek with the same characters, but a different story or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, but this so, is the same thing in in Star Wars and Star Trek. No, it's the the soft reboot, soft reboot. They, they say in the in the the, the production soft reboot. So they they play in, in a comfort zone in theory. Yes. Because yeah. in the in the Star Trek in the Star Wars J.J. Abrams uh, movie, the first one is a soft reboot. Uh, it's a it's a re- remake of, of the first Star Wars film, basically. It tells yeah, the same story. In the Star Trek the 2009 J.J. Abrams, it's the same thing. It's a, it's a soft reboot with differences, and and quite happy because they create another universe called the Kelvin timeline or something like that, and they can do whatever they want. Um, and people like me can't complain because they are in another universe. They are very clever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, canon. Mm, canon. So you've got, oh. is that canon or is it not canon? So canon means that it makes sense or that it's officially part of one saga or one universe so for example like all the Star Trek is canon because it all has all the Star Trek except those the, the last three films are canon because they have like a logical progression and each part of it fits into the timeline in a logical way they, they reference the different series or they reference things that happen in the different parts of the timeline so that's canon so it, uh, is everything in Star Wars canon? It is oh, everything de- in Star definitely Wars. Definitely not. Definitely <laughs> not. No, um, because and this is where you know, I have to admit I'm not a huge Star Wars completist. Um, completist. There are yeah, there are dozens of 
novels, uh, there are animated series, all sorts of things. Um, and there have been, I don't know who makes the decisions, who decides what something is canon or not. Mm. But canon is like the, the official, the official literature. Um, and it comes from sort of the religious canon or the, the, the um, so the official books. And so certain events that were described in Star Wars tie-in novels, a tie-in novel was the novel that's released to tie-in with a movie or a franchise. And certain novels depicted events which subsequently made things difficult for the producers of new um, movies or new, new product. So they decided, oh, no, that, that's not canon. We're just going to ignore it. We'll pretend it never happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know who decides that. I don't know if there's a label, if there's a little sticker on the book that says, you know, canon Star Wars story or... So, who knows? Yeah, so it's a bit of a mess. If you include all the books, it's a mess. But if we think about just the films and the series... Yeah, they're just trying to reduce contradictions. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is the moment when the fans are upset because they them, uh, yeah. spend a lot of time uh, reading Star Wars books or Star Trek books or things like that. The problem with the canon is that if the saga is very big, it's more difficult to try to, to, to put the things in order. And yeah, yeah. if you are a big fan, mm, the guardian of the canon, <laughs> the keeper, <laughs> sorry, the keeper of the canon, uh, so... The, uh, there are a lot of funny uh, conversations and fights in Twitter or whatever. So for this reason, I say that they were very clever in, uh, well, these people, J.J. Abrams, Damon Lindelof, Alex Kurtman. Uh, okay, we're going to create another timeline because the Trekkies are, the, the big Trekkies, the, the important Trekkies are violent fans. So they can send you bomb letters or things like that. And we have to be careful. <laughs> Good. Okay, so that's just the beginning of our discussion about Star Trek and Star Wars. So, John, you talked um, a minute ago about um, lightsabers. So that's let's talk about the weapons and the technology and things like that. So the weapons are yeah the things that hurt people, yeah, like guns and things like that. So we've got the, in Star Wars, we've got lightsabers, which are a very kind of emblematic, um, a very important, like, pop culture um, item. Yeah, a lightsaber. Yep. My little boy has got a lightsaber at home. <laughs> um, when, I was, when I was 10, I went to a fancy dress party dressed as Luke Skywalker with a lightsaber made out of a torch and a broom handle painted luminescent green. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Uh, I could have, I could have killed someone. But... <laughs> <laughs> but when we were little, you you, you played and you made the sounds because lightsabers have this distinctive sound that they make when they move through the the air. It's basically a sword made out of light, and they they make it so. And so it's really um, it's really cool when you're a kid. To make those sounds and pretend sword fight with with your or, or uh, whoever you you can convince to to, to take part, but they yeah. always struck me as very impractical weapons. It would be very easy to to hurt yourself with your own lightsaber. Yeah, it would. But you have, that's why the Jedi Knight training is is um, 
is so is so long. You know, they they have to train themselves not to chop their own leg off with their with their lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But the other thing they had in in Star Wars were the blasters, um, and blasters were what they called the guns, and they fired energy pulses. So they they basically um, not quite laser beams, but bolts of light, which made cool sounds when they when they uh, when they fired and when they hit something. But the, the the thing which I always found uh, curious was that blasters are terribly inaccurate. At least the blasters that the Empire, the the Imperial soldiers used, never hit anything. They fired hundreds of times, and and they just didn't didn't hit what they were aiming at. They were rubbish. Yeah, they they kind of make a joke about that in the Mandalorian. Uh, series, the Star Wars series, don't they? Where they have some some stormtroopers, yeah, the 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 classic, the normal soldier people with the white armor, and they um, they have them shooting, trying to shoot something that's very near, like a tin can. They try to shooting, they're trying to shoot it very very close, pew, 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 and they just can't do it, and they say, well, let's just leave it. <laughs> But this is great. I mean, they 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 laugh of themselves. I think yeah. that this this is um, yeah. uh, because of Dave Filoni. That he's a great fan, and he he knows uh, all the inaccurate mm, <laughs> uh, <laughs> aspects in Star Wars. It's it's quite funny when you talk about the sound effect of the sword, because I I don't remember if it was Samuel L. Jackson or uh, Ewan McGregor. Uh, when they were recording the the scene, they do the same the sound effect yeah. with the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so George Lucas had McGregor. to say, yeah. "No man, we we put this in post production. <laughs> you don't need to do this." Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So the other weapon in Star Wars is the Death Star, which is a giant kind of um, a giant kind of spaceship the size of a moon that can destroy planets um, which is very easy to destroy <laughs> strangely you just have to get in one little place they leave a little hole where you can put a bomb um, yeah. nicely and uh, so yeah there's the but the Death Star it's, it's you know they, they make the Death Star in the first Star Wars movie in the third Star Wars movie they're making another bigger badder Death Star in um, which one is it? Uh, Force I can't Awakens. remember. The Force Awakens. Um, yeah. They make another bigger, badder Death Star. They're very unimaginative. Yeah. They're just making Death Stars. It's maybe there's I don't know. They get a discount. I'm yeah. Not sure. Yeah. I mean, it seems like people... it was a it was a bad plan the first time, and then the second time it was a really bad plan, and the third time it's like maybe we should try. To do this a different way, or try not blowing up planets. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine the meeting. What should we do? Oh, Death Star. Oh yes, <laughs> bigger one. <laughs> well, they tried to to fix this plot hole in Rogue One. Mm, I don't know if you remember the movie. Yeah, Rogue yeah. One. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the man that designed the Death Star was a traitor. So, for this reason, they 
they put this um, mechanism to, to destroy easily the, the Death Star. And it's, it's good to try to, yeah. to, to fix these plot holes, but it's unacceptable that the Death Star is in the first one, in the third one, in the new one of J.J. Abrams. It's, it's completely unacceptable. And, and you don't know how the new empire, I don't know, I don't remember the, the name in, in English. The, Nueva the Order. First Order? The first, the first order. order, how they build all these um, this new empire because in theory they don't have resources uh, because they they lost the, the, the war in in esto, Return of the Jedi. And yeah. you have to remember in in Return of the Jedi, they were still constructing the the Death Star. So all of the people working on construction, all the builders and plumbers and. You know, <laughs> Plasterers and bricklayers, they were all killed. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's, no, there's nobody left to build the new Death Star. You know, there's a big training requirement. Um, and, and it's something that isn't, isn't talked about. The, the so called good guys, Luke and Leia, and that, are responsible for thousands of innocent deaths. Yeah, yeah. but the, I think that, well, the first person. Uh, who noticed this was a big Star Wars fan called Kevin Smith uh, in Clerks, the movie. And uh, I think that in the prequels, they use robots because of this. Because uh. you, you don't have any feelings if you kill a robot. So, okay, we are going to put robots because this is very important. Star Wars is for, for all the audience, but it's focused in children, I think. Yeah, yeah. So there's no blood. You don't see bloodshed very much. Mm -hmm. It's it's robots. Yeah. But Star yeah, Trek is really for children as well, isn't it? I think. Oh, maybe not the recent ones, but the old ones. No, well, I, I don't think so. No, or for teenagers. Older maybe. children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they dealt with some some pretty adult themes in in Star Trek. Um, I mean, it was appropriate for children, but I don't think it was made for children. Well, in the sixties, with all these uh, repositions, there are a lot of children that uh, were mm, very happy with the Star Trek. Another thing that mm, Star Trek is better than Star Wars. I think that this debate is very easy to win. Um, is is because mm, Star Trek is an inspiration. So nobody entered in the NSA because of Star Wars. In, in NASA, you mean? Nobody joined NASA. NASA. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know how to say this in English. Um, yeah. NASA. NASA. NASA, yeah. cool, perfect. So um, in Star Trek, you can see a lot of um, creations, a lot of invents that, like, for example, the tricorder that could be a mobile phone or the tablets that you can see in the next generation. And, and well, how many course, people bought? How many people bought a Motorola Razor flip phone, because or flip phones in general because they were like the original Star Trek communicator? I'm putting my hand up here because I <laughs> I chose a phone because I could then do. <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> Yeah. So you're talking about the phones that open, yeah? They've got they yeah. uh, a phone from like what, like nineteen ninety eight or something like that, maybe. When yeah, pre iPhone, pre pre yeah. smartphone. Yeah, <laughs> where they open and you can talk to them just like in the original series. Yeah, yeah. when they they yeah. had those things. Yeah. So inspiration. And, and 
Uh, it's inspirational, uh, not only in science, because in the 60s, well, the, the good point of the science fiction is that you can criticize um, aspects um, in the society, but nobody can tell you anything because it's in the future. So in the 60s, in the bridge, you have a Russian person, a black woman, um, an alien, a Japanese, uh, every, everybody in the same in the same bridge and the same crew. There is an, an, an anecdote very, very important for the black, uh, black people, that is that Michelle uh, Nichols, Niota uh, Uhura, wants to finish with the, with the Star Trek because uh, she didn't have um, good scripts and things like that. So Martin That's Luther King called yeah. Yeah. Martin Luther King called her and, and told her, you can't, you can't go out of the Star Trek because you are a role model for the black people. And for me, this is beautiful. In Star Wars, the first movie, uh, um, there are only white people. <laughs> yeah. In the second an movie, they, and in fact, they don't give them the medal to Chihuahua and it's... it's it's not fair because you work was in the back. I think I think that's that's just because they couldn't reach over his head. He's very tall. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Could be, could be. But they try to fix this in the second one with the character of Lando Calrissian. But Lando Calrissian is the, the traitor. <laughs> yeah. In fact, yeah. the actor had a lot of problems uh, because he was the traitor. Uh, in the Return of the Jedi, is different. Now Disney is trying to do another things. And they try to put a lot of uh, different people with different ethnias in in their movies, and this is good for me. I, I, I don't have any problem with this. But I think that the Star Trek is 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 more brave than Star Wars in this aspect. Mm. Well, definitely because um, the the creator of Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry, was very deliberately trying to illustrate. Um, a, a more positive future. He he had experiences in the Second World War. Um, he was he was very deliberately trying to portray um, a mixed society without money, um, where where in a sense a kind of utopia, because that's what he wanted to see. Um, so all of that was very, very deliberate. And and the other one of the other famous. Um, Features of Star Trek was it, I, people say it was the first interracial kiss on American television it's between true. a black woman and a white man when mm -hmm. Captain Kirk kissed Uhura in one in one episode. Um, I think there's some debate about whether that's actually true, but it's it's widely believed to be to be the first um, the first in popular television anyway. Um, so there were these deliberate choices and things like um, even the design of the weapons in Star Trek. Uh, Originally, the phasers, which was the name for like the laser pistols or the phase pistols, were designed to have a different appearance, so they didn't look like guns. Um, but in the original series, that was that was rejected because they were trying to make a western in space, and the producers wanted some elements of westerns. Um, but in the next generation, the phasers are not gun shaped. And yeah. that was Gene Roddenberry's, you know, that was his influence. He was saying, well, look, we, we don't want 
today's issues and problems continued. We want to address them, we want to look at them and investigate them, but we, we don't want to depict the same thing that we've got today. And I think that's quite, you know, it's, it's again, it, it's an inspiration to a lot of people. It's quite powerful it? thinking about, like, the, the time of the Cold War as well. So if you're in the 60s, 70s, and 80s uh, watching these things, it's in the Cold War period, so you've got Russians and people working together. You've got no countries, basically, or no, like, different yeah. governments. It's like a world government and things like that that is actually good. It's not like an evil world <laughs> empire. No. Kind of thing. So, yeah. It's amazing kind of because in the moment from the first contact and we see that we are not alone in the universe, uh, we feel that we are brothers and... Mm, we have replicators. I don't know if if, if replicadores de comida, re, food replicators. Yeah, replicators. So in that in the moment that you have food replicators, in the moment that uh, you don't have a disease, and in the moment that you don't have money, all the society works in another direction, and the direction is uh, it's not important if you have a lot of. Material stuff like I have four houses and five cars and things like that, and I'm very important for the society. The important thing here is that you have to be better day by day, and you don't have to work. You work if you want in the thing that you like, but it is not a duty. And for me, this is this is out, outstanding, <laughs> absolutely yeah. outstanding, because hopefully the society works like this. It's very subversive as well when you consider um, what it was showing compared to the society of the time and today's society. Let's talk now about contrasting language, language that we can use to contrast things. So we can say things like, but, yeah, for example, Star Wars is fun, but Star Trek is fun and philosophical. What do you think? Is that true? Do you agree? I disagree, because Star Wars is philosophical as well. It's just its philosophy is very simple. Yeah, it's more like black and white, good and good versus evil philosophy. Yeah, mm. exactly. Good. So that's using but. Okay, that's really easy. Then we can use something like whereas. Whereas. You can find all this language on the uh, the show notes in iVox with the with the program. Uh, whereas, for example, Star Trek often has a scientific basis, whereas Star Wars doesn't. Yeah, we talked about that before. So there's yeah, sometimes there is, there is something interesting about this, Dave, and it's like it's it's, it's this. Um, there are a lot of definitions of science fiction. One of them is in the moment that you are showing a technological improvement is science fiction. According with this definition, Star Wars is science fiction as well. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if you agree with this. Uh, I've, yeah, I'd or... call it science fiction. Science fiction adventure kind of thing. Yeah, why not? Mm -hmm. not? Anyway, next. However, however is another word that we can use to contrast things. There are some great characters in Star Trek However, Star Wars has Han Solo, Luke, and Leia. So there are some good characters in Star Trek, but really the original Star Wars characters are 
Very cool. Disagree. Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard to be it's hard to be cooler than Spock. Yeah, you think so? Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Han Solo is cool. That's true. But Spock, I think, is he has something extra. Well, the yeah. point is that uh, we have Han Solo, that is the typical character that is, uh, it doesn't care anything, and you know, I'm blah, 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 I am uh, a lover, but in Star Trek we have a big lover, that is uh, Admiral Kirk, or Captain Kirk, that is the coolest guy ever. I mean, uh, <laughs> well, William Sadner, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have words. <laughs> Okay, next. Uh, we've got, even though, even though, even though there are people with amazing powers in Star Trek, Jedis are much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Disagree? <laughs> well, I, I, I have to agree with that because um, Samuel L. Jackson didn't want to be in Star Trek, but he did want to be a Jedi. Uh, <laughs> and, and Samuel L. Jackson is... He's among cool. the coolest people, yeah, he's cool. So yeah, he, yeah. he's a bad, he's a bad fucker. <laughs> it says it on his wallet. <laughs> Ooh, we, we can say, can we say fucker <laughs> in this no. podcast? Oh, oh my I can God. edit that. I think. Okay, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> be some bleeping. Good. Okay. So one moment, um, one moment, Dave. Very, very fast. Um, yeah. Jedi are very powerful, but in the Star Trek we have Q. That is the most yeah. powerful. Q is a is a god character basically and he's, yeah. he's like one of uh, a, a race or a species of gods but I think Q is a bit too too powerful to be called anyway next one although we can use although to compare things although both sagas have strange aliens in them most of them look strangely similar to humans <laughs> there is an um, explanation I think in, in Star Trek yeah, that we came from the same race. I'm not sure now. Yeah, I'm so sorry for. I, I'm not. I, I'm a fake Trekkie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but there is something like that in the Star Trek. Yeah. They try the to. Yeah. yeah, they they try to to show us another races that are not based in carbon. So they use light. <laughs> Yeah, they they planted the seed of different humanoid species in mm. a, in a series of planets, so that's why we all look similar. Mm. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that explanation. Yeah, I, I don't know I, if we've got this word in the vocabulary. Then you might want to add it: hand waving. Hand waving. Yeah, this is. Oh, it's a hand wavy explanation. It's just. Yeah, exactly. It's when you I do love it. whatever and you wave your hands in front of your face. Uh, and it, it's like that, and it's they use that a lot in Doctor Who. They use it a lot in in uh, it, to describe some of this sciencey sounding flim flam, um, which just sounds like science but really isn't. Yeah. In Star Trek, it's called techno chachara in Spanish. I don't know in uh, English how to say that. Techno babble. Techno babble. Techno babble. Yeah. So necessary sometimes. Good. Uh, next one. Um, though so we can use though at the end of a sentence like although at the beginning of a sentence so the living characters have most of the action comma 
The robots and holograms have more interesting storylines, though. Hmm. So you can use though in the beginning of the sentence. No, you you can say although at the beginning mm -hmm. or in the middle of a sentence, but you can use though at the end of the sentence. So you have like one part of the sentence, comma, another part of the sentence, though. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I so I thought that although and though is the same thing. It is basically the same thing, but yeah, it's but just little difference. You, okay, you can you have to put it in the right order. In the right place, yeah. In the right place, sorry. Good. Okay, so that's some words for contrasting things. But, whereas, however, even though, although, and though. Okay, now it's time for the quiz. Let's see how much... Uh, the Admiral and John know about Star Wars and Star Trek. What we're going to do is, I've got, I think I've got four questions for Star Wars and four questions for Star Trek. And I'd like you to just say the answer, okay? You say the first answer that comes into your head, either of you, okay? First, Star Wars. Question number one, C-3PO is the robot who complains a lot. How many languages can he speak? Or how Six many... 6,000 million? 6,000 million? John? Over 600. Over 600? Over 600? Um, the answer is... Over 6 million. Incorrect. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. There's a so, six in there somewhere. <laughs> bueno, my, my God, 6,000 million is too much. No, yeah. But uh, we were right with the six. We were six, remember the six. six. You were right. <laughs> I think six, 600 is closer, is it? <laughs> to six million. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Million. I, I think we're, so, we're, e we're equally far off. away, to be honest, yeah. in terms of magnitude. Yeah, true. Okay. Uh, question number two Samuel L. Jackson appears as Mace Windu in Star Wars 1, 2, and 3. Which, uh, what colour is his lightsaber? Purple. Affirmative. Very good, very good. He insisted on having a purple lightsaber, apparently, because so that they could tell who he was. When there were lots of people fighting, you, if you were watching it, then you could see, okay, there's Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, number three. In Return of the Jedi, there is a Sarlacc pit near Jabba the Hutt's palace. Who fell into the pit? In Boba Fett? John? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it could be Boba Fett, but he wasn't eaten, obviously. Um, didn't, didn't Han Solo jump into the pit to then get rescued? Uh, it's Boba Fett uh, went into the pit. Okay. Okay, number four. How old was Yoda when he died? One thousand... Four hundred and something? One thousand and something. One thousand and something or four hundred and something? Uh, the answer is not uh, around nine hundred years. That information is not on file. Oh, oh, wow. So okay. 1,000 or something is uh, the correct one. Admiral, you got the point for that. 
Okay. Well, I, I don't care about the points in Star Wars. My reputation is in the other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, right. Well, I'll, I'll really try this time. <laughs> so here we are, Star Trek. Star Trek. Question one for Star Trek: Which Star Trek captain had an artificial heart? Picard. Yeah, look. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Affirmative. He had an artificial heart, and then later an artificial everything. Oh my God! The money. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I think that it was a bad decision. Yeah, the, the admiral was not happy with that. Um, I'm with not that happy. Story line. Not happy, Alice Cartman. Not happy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, number two. Question number two. Which Star Trek captain was a human who grew up on Vulcan, or grew up as a Vulcan? Um, Michael Burnham. Yep. Affirmative. Michael Burnham. Yeah. So she's the one from Discovery. She just became a captain at the end of the last. Did they ever mention why? They never mentioned the fact she's called Michael, which is a boy's name. Yeah, it's a boy's name and it's a female captain. It's a lady. Um, Michelle. Yeah. Michelle would be the pronunciation for a girl. I mean, it's fine. It's just not mentioned. Is it I the think future? it's quite funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's in the yeah. future. You Me can too. Choose any name. I bet you there was a person called Michael Burnham, and it's just like, it's just a joke between the the creators, just some yeah. sort of I, joke. And they were I like, "Oh like yeah, it. I'm going to call you. I'm going to call someone Michael Burnham after the cleaner of the offices or something like that where they work." <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like, I agree. Discovery is a big joke. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So number three. What is Captain Janeway's first mission when she became captain of the Voyager? So Captain Janeway is the captain of the Voyager on the Star Trek series. Was she out, out hunting the Maquis? Affirmative. Very good. Yeah. Where yeah. did she go to hunt for the Maquis? Ooh, it was the neutral zone, Cardassian space, Cardassian. neutral zone mission. Well, they were in Cardassia, weren't they? I'm not sure if it was in Cardassia or like. Around, they were attacking the Cardassians, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the area was called the. Begins with a B. The Badlands. The Badlands. Yes, very good. Oh. The Badlands. Affirmative. Well done. Very, very good. Very good, Jan. Number four. Who wrote the theme song to Enterprise? Someone In who should time. remain nameless. It's horrible. It's the worst Star Trek theme tune ever. <laughs> a long way. I mean, it's risky. But I, I I know that it's not Rod Stewart, Rod Stewart. But Rod Stewart sang this song. But I think that it's another person. That's right. Yeah. So the the writer actually was someone called Diane Warren. But mm -hmm. the first one, the first person to perform the song was Rod Stewart. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's correct. Yeah. You can have half a point for that. Affirmative. Well, I have to, I have to say that I was in the Jones team with this song uh, in the past, but uh, nowadays I'm quite happy with the song, to be honest, because it's so brave and it's so different and it's so what are you doing, man? That in the end it's like okay, this is this is enterprise and the, the fate of the heart, you know? We have the fate of the heart because we are the human race. <laughs> we are great. <laughs> Yeah, not convinced. Uh, for me, <laughs> for me, that the series Enterprise and the theme tune are 
the worst of Star Trek, I think. It's the, it goes at the bottom of the, the Star Trek pile. It's the, and the theme tune is absolutely terrible. And also, <laughs> like, I saw that, I thought that it was from the 90s, from the early 90s or something, but it's actually from the, like, the early 2000s sometime. It's it's so bad. I mean, the series, the first two or three seasons of the of the series, there are only four seasons, but the, the fourth one is okay. But the first two or three are so bad, and the and the music is so bad. It's just uh, yeah, it's it's You're awful. Middle of the road, middle of the road, sort of yeah. American rock. Oh, it's horrible. But I disagree. <laughs> I really like Enterprise. I think it's got a lot of flaws, but. I, I enjoyed it. On the whole, it was yeah. it, it was it was a good one for me. Yeah, I agree with John. Uh, the problem with the Star Trek TV series is that the first season mm, are not very good. It's like they are mm, trying things. Yeah, they're practicing. They're finding their feet. Yeah, yeah, and the Enterprise is the same. In the first season, is maybe weak, but the third and the fourth. Yeah. Um, for me, are really good. So, just very, very quickly, what are your recommendations for people when, if they're thinking about watching or re-watching Star Wars or Star Trek, John? Okay. So, the best episode of Star Trek is Galaxy Quest, which isn't Star Trek. <laughs> it's a film, but it really, it really covers a lot of the Star Trek ground. So, that's, that's one. If you've seen Star Trek, go and watch Galaxy Quest. Yeah, definitely. And the other one, the series to watch, which also isn't Star Trek, but is my favourite science fiction series of all time, is Babylon 5. Ooh. Really? Wow. Yeah, it's got a lot of problems, but it influenced modern television to a huge extent. The guys who created it also were involved in Deep Space Nine. Um, and it's, you know, if you've watched all of your Star Trek and you're thinking, oh, do I start rewatching? Consider other options. Babylon Five, and you have yeah, Babylon Five recommendations. Yeah, yeah we, um, very fast. Um, I agree with John. Babylon Five is a very, very good TV series, and I think that Michael Straczynski is the creator. Mm -hmm. The man has the whole story in his head. So there are five seasons, could be. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see things in the first season that uh, have relevance in the, in the feed. <laughs> and this is quite quite good. In fact, this is Space Nine. I think that they stole the idea they of Babylon 5. <laughs> but anyway, forget Babylon 5, forget uh, Star Wars, of course. Star Wars is out of the equation. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know if I have to start in... Oof. If you never saw Star Trek, maybe mm, Next Generation could be could be a good choice. Start from the beginning, not from the beginning. Kirk spoke because the pace of the sixties is oh, is is hard sometimes. But I think that Next Generation is, if you like science fiction, Next Generation is is excellent for. I would agree. Beginning. I would I would say. Don't start at the beginning of the next generation. I'd say season start season two, season three, even yeah, three, yeah. season season three. Like it really gets good in the middle of season three, and that's where well, it gets on, really, really online, good. Online, you can also find uh, uh, a suggested list of 
episodes that are really worth watching. Yeah. And episodes which you can skip and not lose anything. Yeah. You get the, the the episodes with points, and you can and you can choose like some good episodes to to start yeah. with. Um, good. Okay, we've got to finish there because I've got to go and uh, pick up my little boy from school. <laughs> but uh, thank you very much for uh, for coming in and for and for joining us from the distant reaches of the galaxy. Um, uh, the Admiral has a podcast called Torpedo Rojo and Torpedo Trek. So if you speak Spanish, if you understand Spanish, you can listen to lots of uh, Star Trek and. Um, things about films and series. You're going to do one about Dune now, aren't you? Yeah, Dune. Uh, oh, Dune. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you have, uh, uh, if you watch Dune. And today we are going to record the, the program uh, about the Denis Villeneuve movie. And, well, mm, to be honest, I'm not very happy with the movie. Okay. <laughs> but I'm going to say this in the Spoilers in the, in the podcast. <laughs> So no, no, I'm going yeah, to say torpedo, anything. Torpedo yeah. Rojo and Torpedo Trek, you can find that yeah, on the, my book. And if you like, if you like Twin Peaks and things like that, uh, and and we read books and uh, we talk about uh, pop culture, let me tell yeah. you something very fast, uh, very quickly, Dave, for your listeners, because your listeners probably they they try to pass the exam of the School of Languages B2, C1, things like that. Okay. If you fail, don't be sad. Don't be depressed because they don't check your English level. They check your ability to do exams of the School of Languages. It's not your English level. I failed the, the C1 exam, the speaking, and yeah. I think that, well, my English is not perfect, but it's not too bad. So don't be, don't be sad, okay? This is like a game. Okay, and they don't they don't care about your English level. They don't care. Okay, they they are obsolete. And <laughs> don't worry. Okay, don't worry. If you want to to improve your English, try to live in England. Yeah, live in England or listen to podcasts like. Or listen to this podcast. Taylor this podcast. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> okay, I've really got to go, guys. So. Um, okay. Thanks a lot, and uh, yeah, take care, and I'll uh, speak to you soon. Okay. Okay. Thank Thanks you. Bye bye. Bye John. guys. Bye. Bye. It's been a long road getting from there to here. Okay. I hope you enjoyed the show. So now I'm going to give you the vocabulary that we all used. Um, some of the difficult vocabulary you can find the list of words in the show notes on iVox and also at the Taylor School website. So the first word is unfulfilled, unfulfilled. John says unfulfilled when he's talking about Luke Skywalker, when he's um, working at the moisture farm um, on Tatooine and he doesn't feel very happy being a farmer living in the desert he wants more adventure or he wants to to go and do something exciting so he feels unfulfilled it's like he's fulfilled is kind of spiritually full like spiritually feeling good kind of thing so if you're feeling unfulfilled it means that you're not your life is not full it's not complete 
the next one smuggler when we're talking again about star wars we're talking about han solo han solo is a smuggler and that means it's somebody who transports things but they transport illegal things or they transport things in an illegal way to avoid tax or something like that so if we think about smugglers it could be a drug smuggler it could be a contraband smuggler you know it could just be kind of low tax cigarettes from um, from Gibraltar or something like that um, yeah so that's a smuggler next one is an expression which is make a big impact okay it's very easy but it's quite a nice expression that you can use it made a big impact I don't know this is probably talking about Star Wars or Star Trek or something like that that it made a big impact it made a big impression on you it had a big effect it's just a nice expression that you can use make a big impact the next one resorting to violence this is another expression that we use. This is quite interesting. These are things that are collocations, resort to violence. Collocations means two words, or this in this case three words, that go together a lot. So resorting to violence means that you, like maybe if you don't have the ability to use um, communication in a normal way, then you might have to resort to violence people resort to violence when they decide okay i'm gonna just hit the ne the other person or shoot the other person okay and it's something that i hope you don't have to do ever in your lives um so please listeners don't resort to violence if you can help it the next word is goal goal this is another very easy word but it's a it's a useful word when we're talking about objectives aims goals the goal okay what was the objectives of that thing the goal and obviously it kind of comes from the goal uh, in football yeah the goal and the goalkeeper the goal is the place where you have to put the ball to get the point yeah the goal next one hype this is about like uh, the advertising and people talking about things and people talking about things on twitter and on the radio and in podcasts and things hype it's kind of all the the combination of all the marketing and people talking about stuff next one soft reboot soft reboot so a reboot is where so for example you know spider-man spider-man has had like three three or four reboots or something and so the reboot is where it starts again like when you I think it comes from where you reboot a computer to restart a computer so you start again with new characters even like a new story but like the same thing again basically so with Spider-Man like it tells you the story of how Spider-Man became Spider-Man kind of thing again um, but a soft reboot is like the example that we're talking about is about how Star Wars the more, the more recent Star Wars films was a soft reboot because basically it was a copy. It was like doing the first film again, but um, with modern technology, but with different different characters, but basically telling the same story again. A soft reboot. Next one, pop culture. 
pop culture is popular culture. It's uh, you know very easy popular culture. Just it could be about music, about film, about anything in popular culture. Basically, things on TV, things on the radio, whatever it is. But we say pop culture, pop culture. The next one, plot hole. A plot hole is where there is a hole in the plot. The plot is the story or the argument, like the the thing that the story is trying to communicate. And if there's a plot hole, then it means that there is a mistake in the plot or that there is something that doesn't make sense. Yeah, there's something that just doesn't make sense. A plot hole. And the next one is traitor. A traitor. A traitor is somebody who does something against another organization. Like the classic traitor is in the, well, in Christian society anyway, is Judas. Judas is the traitor because he tells the Romans about Jesus or something like that. I don't really know what happens in the story of the Bible. Anyway, this is not a religious education uh, podcast. Next, so-called good guy. So-called, this is the last one. So-called is so-called means that it's kind of saying that they call him that, but it's not necessarily true. So this is when John is talking about um, Luke and Leia and the the good guys. Yeah, the good team. And they destroy the Death Star, which presumably kills everybody on the Death Star. Which And the Death Star is very big, so we're assuming that there are a lot of people on the Death Star. So they are the so-called good guys because they are not necessarily good guys because they commit mass murder against all the people on the Death Star and then they celebrate. So that's the end of the vocabulary list. Now you can go back and you can listen to the podcast again or you can listen to it for the first time if you skipped to the end. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and maybe one day we'll do another podcast. It's been a long time since we've done it. It's been like two years maybe since we've released a podcast. But life goes on and it takes time to do these things. So I'm sure we'll do another one at some point in the future. If you like it and if you want us to do more podcasts, please uh, send a message to us on iVox or you can write to us at info at taylorschool.es or uh, you can come to English classes with us or you can come to English classes online with us. So you can call us in Spain, uh, that's the Spanish International Code and then 984202191 and you can come to online classes in a group or in person. Okay. Bye.